because um, that actually, uh, what Pastor Quentin's been sharing there sort of slots in with what I want to share this morning. I want to talk about being ambassadors. So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, let's read it there. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ God, that in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would just open the scriptures this morning, Father, that you would speak to us from your word and that we would truly be those who shine brightly in this nation for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. You know, when we come to Christ, we accept Jesus as, as our Savior and Lord and certain things happen. You are a new creation. And that's really good news if you've had a really ordinary life. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The Bible says the new has come. And if we're willing, if we're obedient, the old life can indeed be gone. And uh, we, we see this with people all the time. You've probably seen it in your own life. We see it with the girls in the Lily House where we say, hey, that, that life is before, but you have a new life if you come to Jesus. That's exciting. So the old destructive habits, they can be gone. The old fears and hurts, gone. You accept Jesus and a new life begins. Not just a new chapter in the old book, a whole new book begins. And that's exciting. But other things also happen. When you accept Christ, you receive eternal life. You get to go to heaven with God forever. Also, sin's power over you is broken. You don't have to be a slave to sin anymore because you are a child of God. You're a child of God. You're royalty. Isn't that incredible? I mean, do you ever look in the mirror and you think, I'm royalty? I bet you don't. I look in the mirror and can't, I, I can't fathom who this old bloke looking back at me is. But, but, you know, we are royalty. And when you're royalty, you should act like it, shouldn't you? And so that's part of it. But when, with royalty, also comes a number of responsibilities as representatives of the king. So God has given us a ministry portfolio, and the portfolio is reconciliation. What does that mean? This passage talks about it. We have the ministry of reconciliation. I'm always amused when a new government comes in and they hand out ministry portfolios to people. Have you ever noticed that? Like, and everybody's jockeying for position. I don't know if you like uh, tuning into the UK government at the moment, but they giveth and they taketh away. Yeah, you know, oh, you can be the Chancellor of the Exchequer, that's the Treasurer. You can be, oh, no, we don't like that. You're God, unless he's the new bloke, you know. We have been given a ministry portfolio, and it is reconciliation. In the Greek, the word is katalagi, which means atonement or restoration of privileges. It means leveling up. When you reconcile uh, accounts, you add them up and make sure that they match. Am I right, Zach? Because he knows about, I don't know what this is. I don't know about you, but every time I try and reconcile bookwork, I have to add a bit in or take a bit away to make it work. Is anybody like that? But if you're really good at it, it just reconciles. Reconciles means to, to balance the ledger. And so our ministry as believers is to facilitate the balancing of the ledger between God and man. Our job is to bring people to Christ and reconcile the relationship, what sin has severed. So what a joy to share the good news with someone and bring someone to Christ 
because what you're doing then is you're balancing the ledger. The sin that was, was so rampant is being balanced out by the blood of Jesus because his blood covers all sin. And he, and, and he receives eternal life, that person. But another responsibility we have is to be an ambassador, a, an official representative of the kingdom of God. Now, if you're a believer, you are automatically an ambassador. Did you know that? You can't get out of it. You can't say, well, I just want to be a believer, but I don't want to be an ambassador. I just want to be a believer because it comes as a package. You know what Pastor Quinton has shared with us? What he, did, he just saw a problem and he moved in to deal with it because he's an ambassador for Christ. He's a representative of Christ. So what does this actually mean for us here in Australia in 2022? What is, it, what is an ambassador? Well, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent resident in a foreign country. So it sounds very official. And uh, some of us can be less than diplomatic at times, if we're going to be the diplomats. But I want to examine what an ambassador is and what we need to do to fulfill this role of being an ambassador. What does it mean? If you become a Christian, you're an ambassador, what does it mean? Well, first of all, an ambassador represents the king. An ambassador represents the king and his kingdom, which means that when people see you, you represent God's kingdom to them. Did you know that? Many people will never read a physical Bible, but they're reading you all the time. You're some, sometimes you'll be the only Bible they'll ever see. And so you're, you're an official representative of the king. Think about it. If you meet someone from, a, from another nation, just think about it. Say, say you've met someone from some other nation. Isn't your opinion of that other nation largely based on that person? Don't you think? Like if I meet a really, like, if people say to me, oh, I, I met this American and he was horrible and America must be a terrible place. I've met a lot of Americans and they're really nice. I like America. Been there many times because I've met nice people. But if you meet rotten people from a country, you sort of automatically dislike the country. Have you noticed that? Those of you who are from other nations who've moved to Australia, you would have found that. People would look at you and they go, oh, South African, huh? <laughs> the last South African I met I didn't like. What does that mean you don't like this one, you know? <laughs> By the way, we love South Africans. This is, we're largely being, people are worried about China invading Australia. I'm worried about South Africa invading Australia because there's a lot of, and we love them all. They are fantastic people, aren't they? Put your hands together for South Africa. <laughs> no, we love them. They're fantastic, but they are good representatives of their nation when they come and move here. Your view of another country is heavily influenced by that person and I cringe at times when I see Australians abroad have you ever seen ugly Australians when you're out there traveling somewhere who's seen that you know what I'm talking about and you think man if that's people's view of Australia you know they're loud they're boozy they're sweary they're obnoxious they're ockers you know you know the person you, you'll be sitting there in a foreign nation they'll be chattering away in some language you can't understand there'll be food there that you're not familiar with and suddenly you're here, ah, oh, what's this, mate? Have you got a beer? And you go, okay, right, must be another Aussie here, you know. Matthew 5, 16 says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, overseas, if you go overseas, when we go over this week, people will judge Australia by us. And people will judge the kingdom of God by you. 
because you are the representative, the ambassador of the king. And after all, this is not our home. Like, like you look around at this world, the things you've got, the things you've fought for, your family, all this sort of stuff. This isn't even our home. We're only passing through. We've got a better home coming. I'm destined for another place and so are you if you know Jesus. So we are in a foreign nation right now. It's not our home. 1 Peter 2 says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, which is aliens and strangers, to abstain from passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. We are not here forever. We're just passing through. Secondly, an ambassador has the authority of the king. Now, an ambassador has the full authority of the king. If the ambassador says, I grant this person a visa, they get a visa. The same as if the king had said it. So it's with the king's authority. And we as believers, we have our king's authority. Now, Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said all authority had been given to him. So the word for authority is the word exousia, which means to have mastery over, to, to have universal power over something. So what do, we, what do we as ambassadors have power over? Jesus said all authority has been given to him. Therefore, if we have him living in us, all that same authority lives in us. Are we agreed? Does that make sense? If, and it's a big if, but if we abide in him, does he have authority over sickness? Yes. Does he have authority over evil? Yes. Does he have authority over nature? Yes, he does. And if we abide in him, we share that same authority. However, if we do not abide in him, if we disobey his will, we do not have that authority at all. That authority is not there for us to use for our own ends. We use them as representatives of the king. John 15, Jesus said this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. For this, this is my Father who is glorified, that you may bear much fruit. We have the authority to bear fruit. Isn't that great? And so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love if you... Listen to this. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You see, you can't say, I want to abide with Jesus, I just don't want to obey him. No. If you want the same authority as Jesus, you have to abide, live with him. See, there are three possible relationships you can have with the king. One, you can reject his rule and become an enemy. And that leads to judgment. Two, you can accept his rule but be unfaithful and that leads to loss and reward. Or three, you can accept his rule, do his will faithfully, abide in him and receive his authority, authority and ultimately be honoured as an ambassador for him. The third thing about an ambassador is they are in constant communication with the king. An ambassador is constantly calling in and staying in touch with the home country. They do not act on their own designs or ideas or concepts. They communicate constantly with their king before any decision is made. So if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit within you, you can be blessed as an ambassador and have constant communication with God. Isn't that amazing? You can constantly stay in touch with God. In the Old Testament, we read about the Holy Spirit coming on people. We heard this morning in communion that the Holy Spirit 
that, that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and we can be filled as well. But the difference is for us, we have his spirit living within us. It's a constant channel if we would let it, if we would listen. <coughs> John 16, Jesus said this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. There's that word again. What, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. You see, the thing is, he's always speaking. We're not always listening. Isn't that true? We, we, I hate to say this, guys, but we can all be like husbands sometimes. You know, I remember, uh, you know, I'm constantly told that I'm not listening. Is there any husband here that does that? Just a few, huh? But I remember my daughter... One time, Fiona was talking to her. This is Kira, by the way. This is not Tara, sorry. Talking to her. And Kira was looking at her, and she was talking to her and giving her some advice. And then she turned to her mother, and she said, I know you're speaking, but all I can hear is blah, 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 blah. At least she was honest. Right? But that's what it's like. God is speaking all the time, but sometimes all we're hearing is just blah, blah. We're not getting it. The thing is, we need to speak to our home country more and our home kingdom more and listen to our king more which leads to the fourth one an ambassador obeys the will of a king you see he doesn't just fire off and do his own thing he asks and then he makes sure that he obeys the will of his master now we think that going to church being religious praying brings god joy oh god i'm going to bless you this week i'm going to show up at church look it's raining outside kudos to you guys who who battled through wind and rain and titanic floods to be here in church this morning and we go god i'm going to do you a huge favor i'm going to show up at church does that bless you that doesn't bless him at all plenty of people you know it, being religious does not bless god it doesn't plenty of people are religious praying doesn't bless god because plenty of people pray what blesses the lord is obedience that's where the rubber hits the road all the religion in the world without obedience doesn't impress God one little bit. We see this with King Saul. If you remember back uh, in um, uh, 1 Samuel, King Saul had disobeyed God and then he thought, oh, now I'm really in trouble now. I've disobeyed God. What can I do? And he had a big religious experience, sacrifices and all this sort of stuff to try and impress God and impress Samuel, God's prophet. And Samuel said this to him in, in 1 Samuel 15, 22, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Question mark. The answer is no. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed or to listen is better than the fat of rams. It is better if we obey God than if we do all the religious stuff in the world. An ambassador obeys his king. He doesn't just do his own thing. Obedience is more important than his own personal wishes or agenda. As Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I think that's pretty clear. You say, well, Lord, I love you, but I just want to sin in this way. No, no, no. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's pretty, is that simple? I think it's pretty clear. The fifth thing is that an ambassador... Now, this is really interesting, given the, our modern day. An ambassador carries the culture of the kingdom he represents. The point is this. An ambassador carries the culture of his home country, doesn't try to conform to the culture of the country where he's been placed. Think about it. If you visit, say, the Solomon Island Embassy, do they have an embassy here somewhere? I'm sure they do. 
Right, so if you visit the Solomon Islander embassy, you will be entertained by Solomon Islander dancers. You'll see Solomon uh, uh, pictures on the wall. You'll eat Solomon Islander food. And you'll see them wearing Solomon Islander, Solomon Islander clothing. Their embassy is considered a little piece, little sovereign piece of the Solomons in our nation. It's actually considered a part of their country in our nation. Right? Romans 12 verse 2 said this, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, God's kingdom has a culture. And it has morals and laws that uphold the culture of God. And I'm sick of hearing about Christians, who, especially Christian leaders, who insist on compromising their culture and watering it down so they don't offend people. Right? No ambassador worth his salt waters his own culture down to try and fit in with the country where he's been stationed. They preserve the culture of the home. That's what it's about. He carries that culture with him. No ambassador, an ambassador should champion the culture that he is from, not conform to the one where he's been placed. Does that make sense? Matthew 10 verse 34 says this. Jesus said, Do not think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. What Jesus meant was that when he comes, there is going to be conflict. If you stick to and, and, and promote and champion the culture that you've come from, there is going to be trouble for you. Don't believe me? Have a look at our society. Have a look at, at the compromise that's going on, even within the church, where they're saying, well, we know God says this, but let's try and worm it around to fit in with you so we don't offend you. Well, I, I want to offend somebody because I want to stand for the culture from which I come. It's about time we behave like ambassadors and stand up for our kingdom's culture instead of watering it down and trying to fit in. An ambassador also is about the business of the king. Ambassadors don't just waste time doing frivolous activity. They align themselves with kingdom principles and they get about the business of the king and they make sure the king's interests, not their own, but the king's interests are pursued. Now, if you have a, a, a car, I recently mortgaged my house and bought some tyres for my car. Gee, they're expensive these days. But anyway... Um, but if you have tyres on your car, if your wheels are out of alignment, it'll wear on one side and it'll pull to one side or the other. Have you experienced that? And that's exactly like your life. If you're out of alignment with the king, then you're going to pull to one side or the other and you will wear unevenly. Satan will pull you this way and that. You won't be sure what is true. That's what happens when we lose our culture. People say, how could you lose the culture that you come from? You just get pulled out of alignment. And so you just get swayed, you know, back and forth by the cares of this world. Ephesians 5 says this, Look carefully at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. See, we are ambassadors, and we must maximize our time for the king. We really must, not waste time. So what are you doing in your life for the kingdom? If you're an ambassador of the kingdom of God, what are you doing? I love what Pastor Quinton just shared. He said, I've got these plans. We want to sell. We want to move back to Australia. But bam, the war starts and there is a need. And he doesn't hesitate. He steps right in and he starts caring for people because that's his culture. That's his, he's an ambassador. He didn't think about what he wanted first. He laid that aside and said, not my will, but yours be done. So are you investing 
time into his word to understand his will and become more effective. Are you praying? Are you coming to church, sharing the gospel, caring for one another? Or are you just trying to have a good life, a fun life, doing whatever pleases you, even if it hurts the king? People say, I just want a fun life. God wants me to have a fun life. I've come to Jesus and he loves me. He wants me to have a fun life. Show me the verse, please. Because that's not what the Bible says. It says you'll have trouble in this life. You'll have a fun life after this life. But right now you have trouble. You know, the symbol for Christianity is a cross, not a cushion. We're not here for a fun life. We're here to serve. We're here to be an ambassador for the King of Kings. That's what we're here for. Number seven is this. An ambassador, this gets me excited, an ambassador is ready for recall at a moment's notice. An ambassador has to be ready. In 2015, Australia recalled at a moment's notice its ambassador to Indonesia in protest over the execution of two Australians from the Bali Nine for drug trafficking. See, if you're an ambassador, don't get too settled because at a moment's notice, bam, you can be called back home. That's what happens to ambassadors. And that's what's going to happen to us. The Bible teaches us this, that we should be ready. We need to be ready. 1 Thessalonians 4, listen to this, I love this. For the Lord himself, he's not sending an angel, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. I used to think that was the Baptist, but it wasn't. Um, when I was a Baptist, I used to say that. Oh, you'll be first up at the rapture. What do you mean? Oh, the dead in Christ will rise first. Thank you. The dead in Christ will rise first. <coughs> then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Recall at a moment's notice. You might be dead, you'll get recalled. You might be alive, you'll get recalled anyway. And we'll get to be with the Lord forever. An ambassador must serve well, serve faithfully, serve without compromise, but be ready to head home at a moment's notice. And I believe that notice is getting closer and closer, don't you? Amen to that. Well, let me pause for a minute and think about, if you've ever watched TV... And, and, and some of the police shows, there's a thing called diplomatic immunity. Have you heard of that? Diplomatic immunity. It, it uh, was in one of the lethal weapons, I think, you know, where they had, oh, you can't touch me, we've got diplomatic immunity. Well, sometimes, the fact is, diplomats sometimes misbehave. And there is something they hide behind, it's called diplomatic immunity. I did some research and I found out one female foreign diplomat in Canberra was allowed to continue driving despite accumulating 15 demerit points in just over 12 months. But see, they don't have to abide by our rules, you see. If arrested, diplomats are not subject to the host nation's legal system. Isn't that interesting? However, an ambassador can and will be recalled. They may be punished by the home nation if they step out of line. But the, the nation where they are serving, they get this thing called diplomatic immunity. And it all comes down to who they are serving, themselves or their king. They must choose to serve their king and their country ahead of the country where they've been posted. Now, I believe that the Bible teaches... So you say, well, what does that mean for us? If we're ambassadors, we don't have to obey the laws of Australia. Did anybody get that from what I just said? No. Because they have to obey most laws, it's just they're not subject to the legal system the same way. They still, there are still laws. 
But let me throw this out there. I believe the Bible teaches we must obey our country's laws. That's what I believe. Until they intervene or contravene God's laws. That's my stance. I am a law-abiding citizen. If you saw that movie, I don't have any guns or anything, but I'm a law-abiding citizen nevertheless. I obey the laws of this land until they... I cannot obey a law of Australia that directly contradicts a law of God. I can't do that. I cannot, for example, support abortion because I believe that the murder of babies is against God's law. So you won't find me being pro-abortion. It's impossible because I am pro-life and life begins at conception. And I'm putting it out, I don't care if it goes on film or whatever, because that is my stance. That is why we started Lily House, that's why we reach out to people, because I believe that, that if, if God doesn't punish Australia for the sins we've committed, he's going to have to apologise to Sodom and Gomorrah, because we have racking them up there. But that's just one example, there's many other examples. I'm pretty sure that our government will not uh, offer me diplomatic immunity, if I don't agree with them. But Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 28, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. As an ambassador, we can and must follow the king first, whatever the cost. Do I hear an amen to that? I think it's important. So an ambassador's behaviour shows who they really love and serve. An ambassador, uh, as an ambassador, your behaviour reveals your heart. You're called to be an ambassador, as am I, if you love Jesus. So that should affect the way we behaved. But if we don't, if we continue to, to, to just sin wantonly and, and ignore God and that sort of stuff, we're not being ambassadors the way we should be. 1 John 2 says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but from the world. If you love this world more than you love God and his kingdom, you're a lousy ambassador and a poor advocate for the King of Kings. I think we have to be faithful and obedient. Anyone with me? I think it's important. When the Pharisees questioned Jesus on the greatest commandment, this is very interesting when you think about some of our modern issues and moral problems that we face as a nation. When the Pharisees questioned Jesus, they said, which is the greatest commandment? This is what Jesus said in Mark 12, 29. Listen to this. He said, the most important commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There are no greater commands than these. So, according to what Jesus said there, the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Do we agree? The problem in our society and with Christians in our society is we've reversed that order. We are loving people and their problems and their issues and their preferences ahead of our love of God. And when you do that, suddenly moral questions come at you left, right and centre. Why? Because you're putting... I, I know the Bible says this, but this person wants to be that. And I've got to love them because my love for them has to be unconditional. You can love them without agreeing with them. 
We have to get the order right. Love God first. And then secondly, deal with people and love them with all of our heart. But we cannot reverse that. If we do, we will find moral compromise. We see the Bible through the prism of society and we'll have compromise. We must see society through the Bible. And the standards of the Bible is what we can see society through. If we are to be faithful, honorable and true, and if we're to be true ambassadors for the kingdom, we have to stop putting our own agenda or someone else's agenda ahead of the agenda of God. We are ambassadors for the King of Kings, His rules, His standards, His culture. I want to finish this morning with a pledge. You know, when an ambassador compromises and, and, and waters down the standards of his country to fit in with the local calling, he's not worthy of being an ambassador. An ambassador who pursues his own interests first before his country's is not worthy of being an ambassador. But when an ambassador is appointed, they take a pledge to serve their nation and to maintain their customs, standards, and even the secrets of that nation. So maybe it's time that we did that here. We are here as foreigners. We are not here because this is our home. This is our temporary accommodation. We're heading to eternity. I'm destined for another place. Are you? But while we're here, we need to realize that we need to stand for what is right and true. Philippians 3 says this, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis said this, If we desire, sorry, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Isn't that cool? We're made for another world. But until we're called home, we're called to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. And this means obeying the king, putting his interests first, standing up for his standards and proclaiming his message, regardless of if the world attacks us or not. Today, I want to call you to stand for what the kingdom of God stands for. Our nation is in desperate need of people who will stand for Jesus because they're failing fast. Whole denominations are trying to figure out how they can appease our government and our media and that sort of stuff. They're trying to figure out how they can work their way around this stuff. And maybe it's time for Christians to stand up and say, I'm destined for another place, but I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Will you be that person? Will you be the one who stands for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? I want to be that guy. I do not want to stand before the Lord and say, I watered down everything you asked me to do. I want to stand for the kingdom of God. Do I hear an amen? So I'm going to ask you to pray. Why don't you bow your heads and pray? And we're going to finish this morning by making a pledge, a commitment to stand for the Lord. You know, sometimes it's easier when you're older. Sometimes it's harder when you're younger. But you young people, I want to encourage you to stand for, stand for Christ. Stand for what is right and true. Pastor Quinton said, you know, they went to Sweden when they were young and stupid and naive and full of faith. I love that. That's brilliant. I was once young and stupid and naive. But I want to be full of faith, don't you? Because I believe God has called us to stand in this nation and not just for what we want. I'm so sick of the debates. 
when it's so clear. We need to stand for what is right because that is our kingdom and our culture in the Word of God. Our culture, we have to preserve our culture because we are ambassadors in a foreign land. So just bow your heads and pray for a few moments. This morning, Jesus is calling you to stand as an ambassador for him. In your workplace, in your home, with your friends, in your church, in your family. Will you answer the call? Will you say, yes, Lord, here am I, choose me. Will you be that one? Our nation needs you. The kingdom of God implores you to stand as an ambassador for him. If you are prepared to make that commitment, just where you are, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. Don't stand if you're not serious, but if you are serious about making a difference in this world and standing for the kingdom of God, just stand where you are right now. I'm hoping it's all of us. We're going to sing in a few moments. Just continue in an attitude of prayer. In a few moments, I'm going to invite you to the front. I hope we have a holy catastrophe because we want to intercede and pray for our nation and for our people, Australia, because we are in a mess, folks. But we don't stand here as citizens of Australia. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And we are the answer to Australia's mess as we stand for him. So I'm going to ask you to say a pledge with me. Say these words with me and let's, let's remember this, that we are pledging to stand as ambassadors for our King. Say these words with me. Lord Jesus, I pledge to stand for you and your word. I pledge to not compromise and water down what you say. And I pledge to, to preach your word and to share the love of God with everyone in my nation. I promise you that I will stand for you no matter the cost. Hear these prayers, O oh Lord, because we truly want to stand for you. We truly want to honor you, Lord God. We're going to sing together as we finish up. There'll be tea and coffee afterwards, but I'm going to invite you to the front. Get right to the front because I hope we have a holy catastrophe. We are going to stand and pledge ourselves to, to, to reach our nation and to be ambassadors for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Are you with me?